Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Carson and Michael Darnowski. Hi, welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland area attorney and sometime Republican strategist Jay Carson. Welcome to the inaugural edition of the Ask the Politics Guys podcast, where we answer a question that's on the minds of our listeners. We plan to post a new episode most Wednesdays, but because we don't have a regular Politics Guys episode for Sunday, December 27th, we're putting this up in its place. So here's our question for this week. Okay, what's the question? Dear Politics Guys, Donald Trump has been leading in all the Republican polls by a wide margin for months, but I keep on hearing so-called political experts say that he doesn't have much chance of winning the nomination. Why not? And would it really be all that bad if he did win the nomination? Hmm. Well, that's actually two questions. Yeah, it really is. I thought I'd let it go. But, you know, I think it's I think it's really a great question. I want to say, first off, you're right. Donald Trump has been the GOP frontrunner for many months, as a lot of people know. And it kind of surprised, I think, both of us a little bit. Right, Jay? It did surprise me, yes. So, and he's maintained, so you know, like a twenty-something point lead over his closest rival. So he's not just been the the front runner; he's been the front runner by quite a lot. And you know, if you do listen to these so-called experts like us, uh, or you look at political betting sites, we're we're not really we're not experts. I I'm I'm an expert. I'm going to say you're an expert Actually, too. You do. You have a PhD. Absolutely. That, you know. So yeah. I mean, I think I qualify. But anyway, you know, as of the day we're recording this. PredictWise.com, which is a political market site, they give Trump a 22% chance of getting the nomination. And that's third place behind Rubio at 35% and Cruz at 27%. So there's this there's this disjunction between what the polls seem to show and what the, the smart money, if you will, what the experts. And so why is that? Well, I've given that a lot of thought. And I actually came up with six reasons why Donald Trump probably won't win. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's hear him. I may okay. have I may agree with some of yours, and I may have more to add, or maybe one or two to subtract from. Okay. Yours, so, in, in no particular order. Reason number one: outsiders don't win the nomination. Uh, I look back, Jay, and the last actual outsider, meaning non-establishment pick, to win their party, party's nomination was Jimmy Carter in 1976. And okay. and you know he was. I wouldn't even say he was an exactly outsider. he was former governor. governor. Of a, of a real state, you know, but, but, you know, he was at least somewhat of an outsider and, right. he and, wasn't, he wasn't a uh, Kennedy. Right. And so, and after he beat Gerald Ford, who was never elected, he was totally wiped out by Ronald Reagan in 1980. Right? And, right so. and, and the last Republican outsider I'd say was Barry Goldwater in 1964. And of course he wasn't a real outsider. He was a senator. He was a senator. And then what happened to him? He was wiped out by LBJ in the general election. Yes. So essentially outside, we don't really have any real outsider outsiders in recent history. They just don't get the nomination. But even if you charitably extend the definition of outsider, uh, there haven't been that many. And when they have been nominated, they've just been completely creamed. Okay, right. so that's I reason. Would say, okay, for your num- number one, yes, I agree. That's okay. correct. Then, reason number two, non-politicians don't win the nomination. If you look right. back, see, in, reason, see reason number yeah, one exactly. Yes. If you look back, only five presidents have never held previous elective office. Here, here's your list of five: Zachary Taylor, 
Ulysses okay. Grant. Military guy. Yeah. William Howard Taft, Herbert Hoover, and Dwight Military Eisenhower. Guy. Yeah. So you got five people. Three of these people were generals, war heroes, you know, some combination thereof. And the other two had pretty extensive previous government experience. So Trump right. is totally an outlier here. This would be – I'm not saying it's not possible, but, you know – 200 plus years of history suggest that it's pretty darn unlikely. So that's my reason too. Now, now you, you could you could make the argument that there are there are many cases there are outsiders who sort of come into the political mainstream and then become president. Uh, and I would think of say Harry Truman and Ronald Reagan as right. two examples of that. Right. Uh, but again, there's there's always the intermediate step. Exactly. Uh, of, of something else. Yeah, the intermediate step is not being on The Apprentice or something like that. Right. You know? So, yeah, absolutely. So that's reason two. You, you go with reason number two? Yes, Okay. absolutely. Good. Graham, two for two. All right, reason number three. Pre-election year poll leads don't mean very much. If you Amen. Take, if, I mean, if you, take look, if you take a look, I did take a look back in the past at who was leading in previous polls in the, in the, in the fall before the election year. So in 2012, okay, Mitt Romney was leading and he did win the nomination. 2008, the leaders were Clinton and Giuliani. Neither of them won the nomination. 2004, the leader was Dean. He didn't win the nomination. Now, in 2000, the leaders were Bush and Gore, and they did both win the nomination. But so to kind of pull that together, three out of the six fall leaders did win the nomination. But in all three of those cases, they were the establishment's preferred candidate. Correct. So really, I think the thing is, is, and this kind of gets into my reason number four. Most people aren't paying attention yet. You know, and yeah, st- I think so, that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, there's been extensive exit polling, and exit polling are just polls that are done after people actually vote. So in previous uh, in previous presidential primaries, pollsters will ask people as they leave, you know, who did you vote for, and also when did you decide who you were voting for, when did you start paying attention, that sort of thing. We have a lot of data on this, political scientists do. And what we know from this data is that only around 20% or so potential voters are really anything close to paying attention at this point. And, and not only that, but only a minority of those people will actually decide on a candidate before the couple of weeks before the election. So essentially, most people don't even know who they're voting for yet. So that's another and, and I. I would add to that there are a lot of people who, uh, while they may tell a pollster today, uh, yes, I plan to vote, might not even vote. Yeah, absolutely. So that you're talking about as exit polls, so it's necessarily people who voted. Yeah. But I think there's likewise not only a whole lot of people who don't make up their mind, uh, but there's a lot of people who don't make up their mind to even vote or else uh, maybe they just forget or just, again, don't get to it. Absolutely. And so I think the results, I mean, if the, the, the current polls were to be more uh, accurate, I guess, in a sense, is they would have a big number at the top that would say 80% undecided or something like that, you know. So that's reason number four. Reason number five, Trump really doesn't have that much support. And let me explain that. Uh, He does have a big lead in the national polls. He roughly is a 23% lead over his nearest rival, Ted Cruz. But if you take a look at Iowa, where everything begins, things look a lot different. If you look at Iowa right now, Cruz actually leads Trump 28 to 26 percent. 
Now, in New Hampshire, which is where the, the first primary is in the second nominating contest, Trump does have a lead, but only by around 12 percent over Marco Rubio. So that's in one sense, uh, you know, those early contests make a big difference. And the, the presidential primary isn't decided by a national vote. It's decided by a series of state votes that happen at staggered periods. So that, I think, really looking at the national polls overestimates Trump's lead. Would you agree with that, Jerry? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, okay. I, I I agree. Um, I might I might state it differently, uh, depending on what what your next couple of reasons are. But the way okay. I, I look at it is, uh, based on the polls, there's probably seventy five to eighty percent of the Republican Party who wants someone other than Trump. Oh, it's just perfectly lines right in with what I was going to say next. Absolutely, All right. got a little yeah, line mill go going here. Yeah, I say Trump really has a almost certainly has a limited ceiling of support. I mean, while nationally he'll poll in the mid to upper 30s, but if you consider his style, it's really hard to see him picking up a lot of voters when other candidates drop out. Uh, Now, I think the only person he could really pick up people from would be Ted Cruz, but I don't think Ted Cruz is dropping out because he's doing really well. So I, I I think really Trump has kind of hit his ceiling. There are a lot of people who love Donald Trump, but he's not gonna, he doesn't have the sort of style that, brings people to him who aren't already there. And other candidates aren't like that. Someone like a Marco Rubio can absolutely draw a lot of people to his candidacy, and Trump doesn't have that advantage. And so as the field narrows, as candidates drop out, which they're going to start doing, we're going to see a lot of those supporters go to people who are less insane. Well, and I would I would maybe just phrase it a different way, and that is that Trump has – significantly high negatives absolutely among yeah. uh, primary voters and there are plenty of people who may say well look i don't know i'm, I'm on the fence or i might prefer cruz to rubio or i might prefer uh fiorina to to trump or, 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 or fiorina to someone else um once once uh those other candidates start to fade uh there are plenty of people who would say all right rubio's out so all right i'm with cruz yeah uh, it, it's very much a, a dichotomy of there are two groups. There is Trump and there are the non-Trump candidates. Right. And the non-Trump candidates are not going to, or non-Trump supporters are not going to cross over to be Trump supporters. No. Uh, they will coalesce around one of the other candidates. Yeah, absolutely. So reason number six why I think Donald Trump probably won't win. Uh, Trump supporters aren't really all that big on voting. At least I don't think they're going to be. Uh, there was a recent poll of Iowa voters that some political scientists took. And what they did that was different from a lot of other polls is they only looked at people who'd participated in a primary in the state of Iowa over the last 10 years. And And that's the way you do it. Well, you know, exactly. And so when they filtered that out, uh, they found that Trump actually finished not first, not second, not third, but fourth behind Carson, Rubio, and Undecided. And so, because I think the best predictor of what people are going to do in the future is what they've done in the past. And so I think this is why this really is a a good, I think a pretty good indication maybe of the fact that Trump's support right now is a little overstated because a lot of these people just aren't going to actually come out and come out and caucus or vote for him. Right. And this is so, this is so especially true in primaries. It's true in general elections. It's even more true in primaries. And that's why, you know, the campaigns I've been involved in, I mean, none of them have been presidential, but the polling is always substantially different between when you're looking at real likely voters. And by that, I mean, even more specific than than what you're talking about there was where they look at 
primary history and as this person voted in several primary elections right uh that they're going to be a likely primary voter next time versus uh people who are just uh called at random and answer the first question or do you think you're likely to vote um because again there's sort of some self-selection there too of the people who say well i don't know i'm not likely to vote then you know that's sort of ends the poll um mm-hmm. you, should, you never you never see a poll of who's leading among unlikely voters. right right yeah but but uh uh, no, I think you're exactly right. I don't know that these people are really engaged in the process uh, and they might like Donald Trump, but are they really going to show up? Is voting something that they do? Um, I'm assuming most of these polls are done of people who are actually registered, uh, mm-hmm. but you never know. So so, so they, there you go. A half dozen good reasons why Donald Trump probably won't win. Now, that was only the first part of that two-part uh, question. Right. The second part was, well, is it that big of a deal if he does win? And I'm going to say no for two reasons. Um, the first of these two reasons is even if he does win the GOP nomination, he's almost certainly going to get wiped out in the general election. Uh, right. And that's why if you if you listen to what uh, what Republican senators who are up for re-election are, are, are saying, they're pretty freaked out by the fact that Donald Trump is doing so well because they're concerned that they might they might lose their seats and, and the Republicans might lose their – potentially even lose their their majority in the Senate. So there's some real concern in Republican circles about that. And right. that, so even though polls right now show that Trump and Hillary Clinton, there's not that big of a difference, I think it's uh, – I would be fairly confident to say if Trump is the eventual nominee, Hillary Clinton will be the next president and she might even be able to pull in a, a Democratic uh, Senate, which would really be uh, something else, which is why maybe some Democrats are actually pulling for Donald Trump, because they think it's their best chance of really getting a working majority. Right. Uh, but I don't think that that will, will no. happen. I don't think he'll be the nominee. Uh, you're right. If, it, if he is the nominee, uh, I mean, there, there are so many people who are sort of, again, hitting sort of a, a panic button of uh, uh, fascism in America and all that sort of stuff. And again, I, I'd say no. Um, I well, think our, our, we've been pretty clear on this. Um, yeah, I don't know that, that Donald Trump's really a, a Nazi or a fascist. Or he's just more of a jackass. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> um, you know. So uh, he he doesn't have any sort of coherent ideology. He's not going to be a leader of the party uh, in in the the you know the way that that say a Cruz or Rubio would be. Uh, he is an aberration. Yeah, and um, you know, even if he does, if if miracle of miracles for Trump fans, he does actually become the next president. The great thing about our political system, the great thing about, I think, what the framers set up is that it's designed to make sure that someone with a bunch of nutty ideas can't totally destroy the country. Right, exactly. He won't be able to do much of of anything. Uh, I would say even less uh, than, um, uh, say, Obama has has been able to do with a divided Congress because Trump would have Democrats and uh, a good, a good few, uh, many Republicans against him. I, I just think he would be so incredibly intensely frustrated if he actually yeah. tried to get anything. And so, you know, two cheers for separation of powers and checks and yeah. balances, because even though it can frustrate the heck out of us when there's something we want in, you know, like I said the framers in their wisdom said, well, hey, you know, do you want a Donald Trump making, making policy for you uh, and carrying it out? And the answer to that, I think, for most Americans, for a lot of Americans, is a resounding no. And so I think we're going to be good. There's no need to 
moved to Canada or any Australia or anything like that. So uh, the, the answer to your question is Donald Trump almost certainly won't win. And even if he does win, it's not going to destroy America as we know it. Right, thank, Jay? Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, thank, thank goodness. goodness. Absolutely. Um, but I would put in just a last thing if people were still listening, um, even though we've already answered the question. The, the Trump phenomenon is something that's not brand new. It's something that that is runs deep in American politics. And as there's this populist strain uh, that that rears its head every so often. Now, a lot of these times, this populist uh, uh, sort of electorate doesn't show up. Uh, they really they didn't show up in 2000 and not really in 2004. Uh, but they did in, in uh, say, 1992 when the Ross Perot candidacy. Yeah. Uh, and they, they showed up in the George Wallace candidacy. Um, and going back at the, you know, William Jennings Bryan uh, and sort of the Know Nothing Party. And there was always this sort of this this one group. And it, it's an, about sort of a steady 20 percent. Uh, which is why, right? Which is why uh, Republicans at least took some solace in the fact that Donald Trump has said he will not run as a third-party candidate because if he does, that would certainly doom Republican chances of winning exactly, the presidency. Exactly. Um, and we can talk sometime again. I, I think that's a really interesting question: is why these these deeper deeper uh, currents, I guess, exist in American politics that, that go beyond Republican Democrat. Uh, that's that's really something different. There's also, I think, a consistent hard left population out there. Again, oh, absolutely. Sort of the wobblies, the Ralph uh, Nader people who gave uh, who gave exactly. George W. Bush uh, the election in 2000. Yeah, exactly. They're they're always out there, and they participate from time to time, sort of in varying degrees. Uh, and I think I think that's sort of an interesting question. But but the the idea that the Trump phenomenon is something that's entirely new, uh, I don't think it is. I think part of it is. We're almost in. We need to come up with a word for more than a twenty-four-seven media news cycle. Because sort of it really is beyond yes. that. We could say we were a twenty-four-seven news cycle in the nineteen nineties. I think now it's it's even more than that, and I'm not sure what the you know hyper twenty-four-seven would be. But I think that's that's contributed to to uh, the, the Trump ascendancy. Uh, that again, we live in more the flashy, clickbaity. Uh, sort of culture now, and and uh, that's what he he plays well in. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's definitely a candidate for our times. All right. Yep. Um, certainly not the end of our discussions of Donald Trump, but uh, for those of you who were concerned, I think you can uh, you can rest assured. And those of you who are kind of pulling for a Trump presidency, I think you're probably going to be disappointed. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Ask the Politics Guys. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, or criticisms, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is politicsguys at gmail.com. That's politicsguys, one word, at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, where Jay and I post and comment on news articles throughout the week, and where you can comment too, is facebook.com slash politicsguys page. Check it out and maybe give us a like. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate the show and write a quick review. The Politics Guys will be back with a new episode on Sunday. We hope you'll join us.